Hello, everyone. Good morning. It's Wednesday, January 20th, and this is the Stephen and Jamie podcast. Okay, it's not an official name, so we're open to suggestions. All right, we'll jump right into Parable of the Four Soils, Mark 4. Yeah, so today we wanted to start off by looking at this strange thing Jesus says in verses 10 to 12. So reading from verse 10, And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see, but not perceive, and may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should you know, turn and be forgiven. So at first glance at these verses, it seems like Jesus is being exclusive. It's like he's saying, you guys get to understand the parables and those outside of this mm-hmm. group don't. Right. And that the reason why he's teaching in parables is so some people get it and some people don't. So does that then mean that some people are doomed to not understand the parables and doomed to remain in sin and not be forgiven? You can see how this could potentially be a problematic mm-hmm. verse. Mm-hmm. I think looking at verse 10, it gives us a clue to what Jesus really means here. The group that he is talking to is those around him with the twelve who asked him about the parables when he was alone. So these were people who stuck around after the crowd left to ask Jesus what the parable meant. We can see that these are the people who are hungry to know more, and that's why they get to hear the explanation for the parable. Mm -hmm. Another reason to think that Jesus is not being exclusive here is because in the parable itself, the sower actually sows very generously. Um, In the parable, the sower goes out to sow, the seeds fall everywhere in every kind of soil, path, rocky, thorny, and good soil. So I think we can confidently conclude that Jesus isn't being exclusive here. Right. I love that point. And I, I think what you said shows that the reason why Jesus taught in parables was not to arbitrarily exclude people, but to really draw out those in the crowd who are spiritually hungry and who would lean in and really seek to understand his teaching. I think at the same time, it would reveal those in the crowd who weren't really that interested in what Jesus had to say. And those are the people who would see and not perceive, hear but not understand, lest they turn and be forgiven. So Jesus isn't preaching in parables to prevent anyone from receiving forgiveness, but those who don't engage with the parable, they show they're not really interested mm-hmm. in Jesus. And sadly, that leads to them missing the opportunity to turn and be forgiven. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that helps you understand these verses more. Um, and I think it's sort of a challenge to us to sort of measure our own spiritual hunger. You know, are we pressing in to understand more of Jesus' word? Or are we just sort of content and settled at our current understanding and not hungry mm-hmm. for more? I think it's hard to be spiritually hungry and try to generate that yourself somehow. But I think one thing I do know that always revives my spiritual hunger is when I'm feeling poor in spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm feeling spiritually poor and lacking because of some sin or some character flaw. Like suddenly it's those times mm-hmm. where I, I'm I'm like expecting and hoping more from MBS and I'm, you know, I'm writing more in my reflections and I'm more attentive to God's word. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, being poor in spirit, that's one thing that helps me to have uh, spiritual hunger. Mm-hmm. Okay, now uh, we're going to take a look at the four different soils pointed out here. Um, so we go through this passage a lot, so it's pretty familiar. Right, we're not going to tackle all four soils. Instead, we're just going to focus on a couple that stood out, stood out to us today. And the first one we're going to talk about is the rocky soil. So what characterizes a person mm. who is rocky soil? Verse 5 to 6 says that, you know, has no depth, no root, and so it withers away. Um, and just for some context, the rocky soil described here isn't just like soil with rocks in it. It's sheets of rock that lay underneath a thin, shallow layer of soil and prevents roots from going any deeper into the ground, right? So what kind of person is this? Well, verse 16 says that when these people hear the word of God, they immediately receive it with joy. So they have this positive response to the word of God. It's really interesting. You know, when they hear mm-hmm. it, they, that's how they experience it. But then verse 17, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, suddenly they don't feel like great anymore and they fall away. So, you know, I think this kind of person, like, like how central is the word of God to my life? You know, my decisions, my commitments. Well, it would depend on how I'm feeling. When I hear the word of God in the moment, I receive it joyfully. The word of God comes alive. My conviction seems strong. But when trials and tribulations come, my convictions become faint. Mm. And the word of God just sort of recedes into the background because I'm feeling anxious or afraid or sad or bitter or whatever. 
Now, I'm not knocking on emotional people. Uh, Jamie will tell you I'm a pretty emotional person myself. And, uh, it's you not guys like, know. <laughs> yeah, it's not like emotional people wake up one day and decide, you know, because I'm going through a tough time, I'm going to feel terrible today and I'm going to abandon all my commitments to God. Like, they don't do that. Um, it's just that we get really caught up in our negative emotions and it's really hard to think straight. And I think often the mistake that a lot of emotional people make is to try to get their heads clear, to try to think straight again, is that they just sort of dive deeper into their emotions to really figure out all the sophisticated aspects of what they're feeling. Yeah, I think that's a mistake. Now, you do have to figure out what you're feeling. That's important. Mm -hmm. But the danger of diving too far into it is that you think that when you're doing that, you're becoming a deeper person because you're diving deeper into your feelings. That's actually not how to mm. become a deeper person. That's that's not how to get rooted. Instead, you just get more lost, you get more emotionally exhausted, and then you wither up. Instead, what needs to happen is that when trials and tribulations come and you feel those negative emotions, that is a signal. That's revealing some part of your faith that is still thin and shallow. And it's like you're hitting that sheetrock. And what needs to happen is that you need to dig up and surface that rock. You know, what exactly is causing that negative emotion? And reflect over it, examine it, explore it. You know, I'm feeling anxious. Why am I feeling anxious? What are the reasons I'm spinning my mind in justifying this feeling of anxiety? And, you know, are those reasons valid? What does the Bible have to say about that? You know, am I going to trust the Bible or my feelings? Mm -hmm. I think that as you surface that and allow Jesus' words to speak into that, it's like surfacing the sheetrock, breaking it apart and taking root in the word of God. Mm -hmm. Just to add another question that I've found to be really helpful. And I think you guys have heard me say this before, but yeah, ask the question, like, what is this emotion telling me? I think that that's really helpful as well. Now, moving on to the thorny soil. Something interesting about the thorny soil is that the word choke is used twice to describe what the thorns mm. do to the word. And if you think about the word choke, there is like this hostile and even violent takeover happening here. It's mm -hmm. in verse 7 and verse uh, 19. So when you think about being swayed by the cares of the world and the riches and desires for other things, I think our dominant motion towards that is usually like, what's so wrong with that? But I think we fail to take the warnings of scripture and see them for what they are. These things aren't merely neutral, but it's actually quite dangerous because it has a strong propensity to choke out the word. And in addition, there's also a lot of passages in scripture about the love of money and how it is the root of all evils. How we love, how if we love the world, we are enemies of God and that we cannot serve two masters. So I think this imagery of the thorns choking out the seed, this violent hostile takeover is a warning for us to see those desires for what they actually are. And just thinking about how these thorns can really scratch you up good. Yeah, yeah. So it, it often doesn't feel like that. It's just like, what's the matter with, like, what's wrong yeah. with, like, a comfortable life? That? Yeah. But what's happening is there's this sort of spiritual takeover mm -hmm. happening in your heart. Moving on to verse 20. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30-fold and 60-fold and 100-fold. Doesn't that sound great? <laughs> the good soil just hears and accepts the word and eventually bears fruit. And I think that's God's hope for each and every one of us. I think when I was young and more deluded, I would read this verse and be like, okay, so I just have to hear it and accept it. Got it. I think I can do that. Jesus, I accept your word. Great. <laughs> but now looking back at that, I think there, there is a super naive and unrealistic picture of what it means to be good soil. You don't just read it and think, okay, I got it. I can do that. And just like mentally assent with it and think that's it. It doesn't work like that. I think we're complex beings and we can't just will ourselves to become good soil. Rather, like we've kind of talked about it through the rocky and thorny soil, it takes hard work to soften that path and to rip out the rocks and the thorns to surface your own genuine emotions. And it's only after doing that work, removing the obstacles that we're able to cultivate this kind of good soil. What's super encouraging, though, is the fact that when we're able to get there, it is that simple to hear Jesus' words and accept it and do it and bear fruit as a result. And I think all of us have experienced times like that in our lives.
yeah, whether it's like mission trips or after a treat or vision or a particularly refreshing experience of repentance, mm-hmm. like those are some special times. And we just want to encourage you guys like to remember those times. Mm-hmm. Let the memory of those times glow when you were that good soil and God's word was living in active. Yeah, when you felt yourself growing. And it, it made you humble. It, it made you more loving and gracious with your peers and it filled your thoughts with, with truth and, you know, grew your heart for the lost. Remember those times. Mm-hmm. And, and as those glow, let that motivate you to keep um, pressing on. You know, I, I think the, the one lesson we could take away from the good soil is that God's word is very powerful. Mm-hmm. It can bear fruit 30 fold, 60 fold, 100 fold, but it has to land and be received in the right conditions of your heart. And the good news is that we're not locked into being one particular kind of soil. Mm-hmm. We can move uh, through regular repentance, taking mm-hmm. up the sheetrock, uprooting the thorns, so that word of God can bear much fruit in our lives. Amen. Amen. All right. That's Have it. Have a good day, guys. Bye bye. Bye bye.